Hi, hello, and welcome back to the Daily Bible Reading Show. Uh, I'm going to be looking at John chapter 20, verses 11 onwards. And this is the resurrection, uh, but from Mary's perspective. What she sees, what she hears, when she encounters Jesus at the resurrection. Um, just to mention that the reason why I'm doing this is because I have to. Uh, I have to prepare a talk for a Bible college, or kind of like a practice talk. So this is my process. You know, <laughs> I, I do a podcast on this. So here we go. John chapter 20, verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. Hmm. So very interesting. She is obviously very sad. Keeps talking about her weeping and weeping at the tomb. And even the question that the angels ask her, why? Why are you weeping? And she tells them the reason, which is very interesting. She's not just saying, I'm weeping because Jesus died. Because what she says is that they've taken my Lord away. So she has reason to weep, you know, if she's just weeping because she misses Jesus. Like, you know, at any funeral, you know, the reason why people cry and mourn is because someone has died. But this is Mary kind of like losing Jesus again. You know, she lost him when he died, but now she loses the opportunity to grieve over him. You know, imagine going to a funeral and um, maybe not being able to go in, you know, not being allowed to mourn over the dead body. I guess that's the equivalent, uh, which kind of happened over COVID, right? I mean, lots of uh, bodies um, in the initial first few months, you know, you read about bodies that were infected being buried, and so people couldn't mourn. Uh, I actually have friends who couldn't see their relatives who were infected, and so that was a very tragic, uh, traumatic event, uh, losing your loved one, but also not being able to mourn over them. And that I think that's the reason why she's weeping at the tomb. Uh, verse 14, having said this, uh, she turned and saw Jesus. <laughs> wait, wait. So she, she said, I lost Jesus. And now she turns and she sees Jesus. She saw Jesus standing, verse 14, but she did not know it was Jesus. Ah, interesting. So her grief almost blinds her to being able to recognize Jesus. And I think the Bible is very sympathetic towards that. You know, of course she couldn't recognize him. She wouldn't expect <laughs> to meet Jesus. And so maybe that's why, you know, yeah. Verse 15, Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? The exact same words as verse 13. Verse 13, Woman, why are you weeping? Verse 15, Jesus says the same thing. Woman, why are you weeping verbatim? Uh, I think that might be 
a key question to ask in this passage, you know, why? You know, why is she grieving? What, what are the reasons for her tears? But he adds also, whom are you seeking? So she's weeping because of a person and shows that she really loves Jesus. The source of her grief is actually her love. Uh, verse 15, supposing him to be the gardener, <laughs> she said to him, Sir, if you carry him away, tell me where you laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. I think it's probably a pet name. Maybe it's a, a name that she commonly called Jesus Rabboni, which is why you know they preserve the Aramaic expression here. But it means that she really recognizes him. You know, it really is him. And the way that she recognizes Jesus is through, I'm not sure if you can hear, the, I always do this when I'm washing my clothes. So if you can hear the, the spinning of the washing machine in the background, I do apologize. But yeah, what she hears is Jesus calling out to her by name. Um, there must be some, maybe some meaning to that. You know, it cuts through the grief, cuts through the blindness, and helps her to recognize that it really is her. Um, well, a couple of times before, he addresses her as woman. And you remember that Jesus also called uh, her mom, his mom, woman. So back in uh, John chapter 2, at the waning, uh, wedding of Cana, where is it? Um, yeah, it says here, woman, woman, my time has not yet come. And so uh, it's kind of like a reminder of who he's speaking to, but also who they're speaking to. You know, they're speaking to Jesus, the Lord. But here he speaks to her uh, personally as Mary. And um, again, that cuts through the grief, through the sadness. It's just worth uh, um, pointing out verse 15 because, you know, you have to wonder why did they preserve this detail, you know, supposed him to be the gardener. And I think it just shows that she really couldn't comprehend. You know, everything and anything else made more sense than Jesus turning up and meeting her there, you know, including him being the gardener. I don't think that means Jesus is wearing like a hat <laughs> with gloves holding like carrots or something like that. <laughs> But that, you know, in her mind, what she was making sense of the situation, you know, it was within the framework of her grief again. She was just talking to angels. <laughs> and, and it was like nothing, you know, it's like talking to two uncles at a kopitiam. And really just nothing was getting through to her. And I think it's just worth pausing and thinking about people who are in this similar situation and maybe just aren't getting the gospel. And I think here the Bible is so sympathetic to that. You know, there are situations in which grief is just so heavy. And, you know, the sadness just makes the promise of the gospel, the goodness of the gospel, so hard to believe. It's too good to be true, in other words. It's not a logical thing, you know, it's it's an emotional thing. You're just prevented from comprehending the gospel. But having said that, you know, Jesus still does come to her in her grief. And it's trying to say, I think, that this joy of this good news maybe makes the most sense, especially when it's hard to understand. 
And so uh, Jesus said to her, verse 17, uh, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Um, I don't know what to make of this. So obviously Mary is holding on to Jesus. He doesn't want to let her go, let him go. You know, don't cling to me, Jesus says. So she doesn't want to leave him. And, um, and he says, I have to go somewhere. I have to go to my father. But he says, it's not just my father, but my father and yours, my God and yours. And he wants her to be the first witness of this truth, of this message, you know, that God has now become their God. You know, God is now their father because Jesus is their brother. Go to my brothers. And I think, therefore, it makes Jesus that connection between us and God. Um, yeah, is that, is that reading too much into it? I don't think so. I think there's a kind of gospel um, content in this. It's not just saying, um, tell them it's okay, but that something has changed. You know, I've, I've now bridged this gap between you and God such that you can actually come to God directly now as your father. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. And so uh, she obeys. She, she goes and um, tells this good news to the brothers and uh, passes along the message. But the summary of that message is, I have seen the Lord. And I think it goes to speak to the character of the evangelist. It's something that you need to have experienced yourself, but then you're then sharing with others so that they too can see Jesus. They too can come to God through Jesus. Okay, so uh, having gone through the passage, how do we break this down? Hmm. So again, the reason I'm looking at this is because uh, this is an assigned Bible college Bible passage I have to do for a Bible college assignment uh, to prepare a talk on this. And they've given me a setting. It's meant to be for Easter. So thinking about, you know, how joyful Easter tends to be, you know, it's meant to be a celebration. Jesus has risen from the dead. Maybe it's helpful to start from the point of death, from the point of loss and sadness, and to remind ourselves that is how Jesus comes to Mary. You know, he doesn't come to Peter, he doesn't come to John, or both at the tomb, but he comes to Mary because she is particularly broken in this situation. And maybe that's how the Easter event comes to us as well. Maybe um, if anyone, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, I'm speaking at uh, Easter setting, if anyone here doesn't actually feel comfortable, you know, in this setting, you feel don't belong, Maybe you are exactly the person that Jesus comes to in your sadness and your brokenness to give you closure, I guess. You know, that there is an end to the suffering, that there is a new beginning that is seen in Jesus, that, 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 that he brings through his death on the cross. Because, you know, Jesus rises from the dead. He conquers death. And because he is able to conquer death, he's able to conquer our death. He takes our sin upon himself. And so he's able to remake us in his image, but he also remakes the whole 
of humanity, the whole universe, you know, through his death on the cross. This is a new beginning for everyone and everything. And that means, what does that mean? Uh, death is not the end. It means that sadness, you know, which is all we know, which is all we've experienced in this life, which is the end of everything, really, you know, everything dies, really isn't the end in Jesus Christ. And especially if we're stuck in that cloud, like Mary was, you know, you can't see anything outside of your cloud of darkness, of your loss, of your, of your grief. You know, that's when we need to hear Jesus calling out to us by name. You know, maybe Calvin or your name. And imagine God knowing you so well that during those moments of darkness, he speaks into the darkness and calls us out and raises us to new life. I think there's a kind of response that our heart yearns for that is rightfully joyful, that it's rightfully hopeful in Jesus, that, that, that lifts us out of that cloud, that brings us to him and ascends us with him to our Father and to our God. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's all I have for now. I can hear my, my laundry is done, so I'm going to end right now. Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for the hope of Easter that comes through the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he calls us out of our tombs, out of our darkness, into his light. Uh, thank you for his death, first of all, that he knows um, the sadness and the pain that we go through. He experienced that. But also for his resurrected life, that he conquered our sin on our behalf, and now he calls us to join him in his resurrection. Thank you for this hope. Help us to hold on to it and help us to speak you know, to speak of this hope in such a personal way, to be able to say that we have seen the Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining me. This has been just a short look, first impressions look at John chapter 20, at Mary Magdalene's perspective, uh, encountering Jesus at the tomb, at the resurrection. Thanks for joining me. Take care and God bless. Bye. Bye.